Ladies and gents, welcome back to yet another episode of Small Talk with Big Al. I am your host, Big Al. So it's it's come to my attention lately that uh, as I get older, hit the big three two a couple uh, about a month ago now, um, more and more of my friends are becoming parents. I guess that's something that happens when you're this age. Um, and I would like to speak about you know parenting and being a parent, but I can't because I don't have none because I appreciate sleep and uh, free time. But I figured what better way to get some parenting do's and don'ts and find out some of the intricacies of being a parent than to bring on uh, a good friend of mine who is, in fact, a parent. So, Chris Mills, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I I find it hilarious that I am the friend that talks about uh, parenting and not being a highly functional alcoholic. But may, maybe there's these things are linked. I don't know. They very well could be. Uh, we'd have to get a bigger sample size, probably. Determine that. Um, so Chris is, uh, y'all may remember Chris from the Metallica episode, the very first episode of Small Talk with Big Al. Uh, much different episode than what we're going to do today. Uh, so Chris, how long ago did you finally come into the world of parenting? Uh, so my kid was born on March 5th of 2017. So basically two years. Was it, was it something you planned on? Was this like a, an intentional thing? Yeah, yeah, it it was. And and actually this may be too graphic. Um and supposedly my wife's going to listen to this and that makes me extremely uncomfortable, but you know, whatever. Um I we're pretty sure we conceived in New Orleans and that may account for my son's insanity. Actually, now just sort of like putting all the blocks together makes a lot of sense. I uh, yeah, I could see that. So Chris's uh kid who Unless you say his name, I'm not going to. I know some parents get weird about their kid's name being out in the, the world and into the netherworld. Of- I, I, am, I am not, because I'm very well versed in the, the netherworld of the internet. And I assume that, that all data is always accessible by everyone. My son's name is Cassian, uh, which is Gaelic for curly-haired. And I'm sure some other language for something way cooler, but it was actually us just hoping and wishing that he had curly hair. And I don't know, like, that's a weird thing you do when you're a parent. You wish for like strange physical traits that you otherwise wouldn't give a crap about. And I was going to make a joke about, well, didn't you name him after the Star Wars character? But I don't want Sam to like punch me in the kidney. No, and actually that's the weirdest uh, the weirdest thing about the whole thing, we named him Cassian um, after looking in like all these extremely strange uh, lists of like weird ass names and then accidentally picked one that was the name of a character in a movie that came out like maybe a month after he was born. Um, it's like complete happenstance. Fair enough. And, and y'all need to remember Cass's name um, because in roughly 20 years when he takes over the world, um, and makes you all his servant people, you need to remember his name. I, I mean, to, to date myself a little bit, um, there was a cartoon, Pinky and the Brain. Um, yes. About 85% of my life, I am Pinky and he is the brain. And I don't, I don't really understand how that happened, but there, that's where we're at. So, with, and that's scary, if you know Chris, oh, right. he, would be the, he would be the Pinky to someone's brain. Um, so I, what I entitled this episode, Chris, I did not make you aware of this yet. Um, but the, the title of this episode would be parenting 101 with Chris Mills. Oh God. 
So we're going to go through some of your experiences with young Cassian, and uh, for good or for worse, and just get you to do some anecdotes and tell us about the uh, scary yet still funny uh, experiences of being a father in twenty, you know, late twenty teens. Uh, okay. So early on, Cass was was causing some problems, was he not? Yeah, so Cass, ha- I, I'm just going to level, Cass has always been kind of a pain in the ass. Um, and that, that's just, yeah, that's just sort of part of his personality. Um, yeah. Cass, when you uh, listen to this in like 10 years, uh, just remember Uncle Al loved you dearly. Hey, I mean, I never said I didn't love the kid. I love him to death. One of the, one of the best aspects about him, though, is that he is so over the top. It is like unbelievable. Um, and not not to segue too quickly into like absurd things, but um, for a really long time, right? Like Cass had horrific problems with like um, staying awake for like just ludicrous amounts of time. Yeah. And uh, we went through this whole thing um, where it came to our attention that he wasn't eating correctly because of a tongue tie. And um, I I have have had lived for basically thirty years without realizing that tongue ties are real things like you, of course like some people have them but do they actually do anything that that was my question right i have no I idea that i did not even know they were a thing until literally it happened to Cass. um and it's actually not a bad segue because that's exactly where i was fixing to go, oh. go. <laughs> great so um so, so two things about uh lip tie tongue tie situation so basically what happened um is in tallahassee um, they say, hey, you know, um, we think that you have a problem, but there's nobody here that can, like, really do anything about it without using scissors and, like, a hacksaw and, like, uh, a bunch of tools that you would see on home improvement. So, like, maybe you should go somewhere else. And so they uh, point you to Jacksonville, which is, it happens a lot here. Um, we're the capital city, but Jacksonville has all the cool shit. I don't yeah, really understand how that works. Cool shocking. Yeah, it's strange. So, um, so they're like, okay. Um, we want you to take your kid that screams approximately 23 and a half hours a day, and we want you to put him in your car, and we want you to take him to Jacksonville, which is like two and a half hours away, um, and make an appointment with this, like, renowned dentist. Like, he's basically, like, um, uh, a childhood dentist that lives on a mountain in a shack or something, and all these people come, and, like, there's a Facebook dedicated to this dude, like... Really? Yeah, I don't want to give too much because my our, our experience is not super shining, and I, I'm not man enough to like Google review it. But okay, so guy in in Jacksonville, he is um, unabashedly a hippie, um, and fr- frankly, like for all of my science loving, I'm I'm kind of a hippie, right? Like totally fine, and so. <clears throat> It goes through this this whole thing where he's like, you know, like sometimes you just have to like loosen up the muscles and then everything just kind of works out, man. And we're like, oh, all right, okay, dude, whatever. And then he's like, and so here we don't use, uh, you know, like scissors or anything like that. We use lasers. And like I literally had kind of like a Wayne's World moment where I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, you're gonna use a laser to do who now? And so, lo and behold, they have this, like, little glass room that you take your kid into the room, and they, like, 
Yeah, so it's glass on all four sides, and um, like one side you can like kind of look out of a window, and it's like a, a lake, and it's kind of nice. And the other three are like uh, just the office, right? And so there are like some people moving around, like moving some boxes, and like other people are like taking medical charts, like to the thing. But it the the whole thing is a little bit like Area Fifty One. Like, why the hell are we in a box? Like, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I said it sounds like it's kind of yeah. It's kind of over the top. Um, and so he, they like strap your kid to the table, right? And he's like, he's kind of building it up. Like, okay, so I'm just going to level with you that the, the next couple of minutes can be very intense. So, you know, like if you're not into gore and that kind of stuff, you may want to leave. And what so, is, are, they, are they filming an episode of Human Sympathy? Uh, it, it's starting to get that way, right? And so my wife just like gets she's GTFO, like whatever. I'll be like four <laughs> miles down the street at an Arby's and you guys just like pick me up. I'm out. And so me, I'm like, okay. I mean, it's fine. So uh, she leaves and they start this whole thing. And so they literally take like a laser and they start shooting a laser and like cutting, I guess it's just, like cauterizing the tongue tie, right? right. That totally makes sense. Um, except Cass's tongue tie was fine, but he also had a lip tie and it was all the way around the bottom part of his mouth. And so they literally are just basically like, um, like if your kid was a model kit and they had to take a laser and cut your like pieces of your kid out of those stupid little plastic, uh, doodads or sheets. Yeah. It's basically that. Um, and the whole time they're doing it, blood is like spraying into the ceiling in this, like, comical Quentin Tarantino kind of way. Which is, and, is great until it's your offspring. That yeah. that. And, you, I mean, you've known this thing for, like, three weeks or whatever. And you're like, what in the hell is even, is this legal? Like, are, is the FBI going to come now and be like, we've been watching this operation for 16 months. And like, you're, you're part of a massive sting. Like, oh, shit. Um, and so he gets done, right? And, like, obviously Cass is, like, flipping out. And I'm like, uh, dude, I, I'm going to be honest. I've been here for three decades. Uh, I'm supposed to be able to tell you stuff. I have zero experience with somebody shooting me in the mouth with a laser. Like, yeah. Yeah. absolutely none. Absolutely none. And so they're like, oh, yeah, just, like, just give him a hug. It'll be fine. And I'm like, dude, if you shot me in the mouth with a laser and some dude tried to hug me, I would uppercut that dude. Like, hell no. I'm not going to hug him. Like, <laughs> let the kid break something. Like, what is this? Where is the whiskey and the belt for this poor kid? Like, what are we doing here? And so we, like, he, like, take him to, like, the post-op place, and he tries to breastfeed for a little while. And the guy comes in, and he's like, okay, yeah, so um, I've been reading these studies, and these studies really say that if you, like, give pain medication to children – it increases their uh, their chances of autism. So you really shouldn't give them pain medication. What you should actually do is they have these plants that they mash up and make into pills, and you should go to a vitamin store and buy some of these, oh, God. and you should give them some. And me, I was like, my God, I, I clearly didn't have a medical degree, and this guy has some paper on the wall, and I didn't check to see where it was from, but I assume it's from an accredited place, and so we'll do it, Right. And so we end up not giving him Tylenol or anything. And we give him like these weird blue pills made out of God knows what, like some flower that Batman had to find in order to become Batman or something. <laughs> and yeah. And so that's, that's like the first step, right. It, onto this whole 
craziness. So as we're leaving, right, the guy on he flips over at one of his business cards and he's like, okay, I hear that you're from Tallahassee. Uh, we, we have some contacts there to help you through this. And I was like, That's am I? Shit. <laughs> Am I part of like a weird AA group now? Like, uh, like a, I don't know, like a support group for people whose kids got shot in the mouth of a laser? Because I mean, I feel like I need it. Like, don't don't get me wrong, but that's a very niche. But this like, seems very group. under the table um, way of doing it's, it. It's weird. Uh, so he literally writes bunny, and then a number, bunny. and he's like, yeah, you you give bunny a call. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, whatever you say, man. So we take him home, right? And um, we've been instructed by like basically every medical professional that we have seen in this process that everything's gonna be fine now, right? Like, really, his sure. problem that is that he was hungry, he couldn't eat, and if you try to go to sleep without eating for three days, you're gonna be hangry and you're gonna scream a lot. Totally um, makes sense. No, no big deal. So. Um, we, we, you know, we try to do the, the normal stuff and take, uh, give him a bath, put him to sleep and he sleeps for like 45 minutes and then wakes up and then like starts setting fires and like fighting the neighbors, and, like putting the dog into weird chokeholds. You know, like, how are you doing this? You're six weeks old. Like <laughs> none of this makes sense. You don't even have eye hand coordination. So this and was so, first six weeks. Oh yeah. This is very early on. Um, and so we are basically like on the edge of the bed like head and hands like how are we such failures like i have no idea how life got to this place where we basically took our firstborn child to some like crazy person who thinks that he is descended from the dude and let him shoot this kid in the mouth with a laser um and it did absolutely nothing and i actually i missed the part because um what happens when you tongue tie revised is they literally create a hole under your kid's tongue. Uh, and one of the last things they tell you is, okay, look, you, you've been through the hard part. But if you don't take your finger, put your finger under that kid's uh, tongue and break the scab twice a day and hold pressure on that uh, wound, it is going to regrow and you're going to have to come back out here and do the whole thing again. What like, literal oh, crap. So every day... Right, you have to take a latex glove, put a latex glove on. You stick your thumb, your uh, finger under the kid's tongue, and he obviously loses his absolute shit. Fucking does the whole time, and, and they're like, "Okay, you have to hold it for forty-five seconds," and you're like, 45 45 seconds. What is this?" Yeah, it's like some kind of weird NWO like hold that you have the kid in, and the kid is screaming, your wife is crying. The kid's trying to jump out of your lap. And again, you're thinking, is the FBI going to show up? Like at any moment, I feel like I'm going to be. This is about to break the door down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. To catch a weirdo with his finger in a kid's mouth. Like super <laughs> strange. And so it gets to the point, right, that we're, we're just sort of like at, at the absolute end of the rope. And at the end of the rope, even very educated people will do really dumb shit. And so we get to the point where we like, I walk by the half wall in the, in the townhouse and I look down and I see the, the number for bunny on the card. And I'm like, Oh God. Oh man. Maybe we should call bunny. Like, I don't, oh, I don't know. And so we end up calling bunny. Um, and bunny is like, you know, I don't, I don't really make it to Tallahassee much anymore because I, I live closer to Panama city. 
So uh, why don't we do this? Why don't you meet me at this location? And she gives us an address. Um, and it's, it's somewhere between Tallahassee and Panama City. It's a city. I don't remember the name of it. Okay. And um, it's really like, okay, whatever. So uh, I take some time off of work. Uh, Sam ties up things at her office. And, and we take the kid out to this address. And it turns out it's like a, a very tiny strip mall in a very tiny town right beside the gas station. This is horrifying. And, you know, it's set up like a little office that this lady, I, I guess, like sometimes lures people to uh, with cards that a guy in Jacksonville circulates. It, it's a very strange situation. Um, but what she does, um, it's called a CST uh, craniosacral god knows I don't remember half of the words the concept is um, basically she's some sort of elderly white witch um, and you pay her $75 an hour to hold your child in specific ways uh, and repair uh, cellular damage that's been done to your child through the process of birth Whoa, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. So she she's explaining all of this, and I'm trying hard not to laugh. And I'm like, okay, look, we'll, we'll pay this lady $75, like whatever. Um, this is the craziest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. So we, we get, she has like a table or whatever, and you know, like put the kid on the table. And she's like, okay, all right. So this is what we do. And she puts one hand on his head, one hand on his foot, and she just kind of stands there and, like, stares at you, like, make eye contact. And every once in a while, she hums, you know, like, mm, mm. And in the room, you know, it's, like, dark, and there's some candles, and Where it's just... Chris Hansen? I'm sorry? Where was Chris Hansen? Oh, yeah. It, this, it, it, yeah. And you reach peak, like, okay, again... Where the hell is the FBI? I think I've actually like peaked out. Like, I, I would call the FBI on myself now. I'm I'm totally cool if they come in. Somebody stop this. Um, and you know he screams right because it's freaking weird, and I want to scream. There he is. And and I can't like blame him because again I want to scream, and I'm like thirty, so whatever. And so we we live through the thing, right? And we go back to Tallahassee and. He sleeps the entire way home. Um, and so, again, in our sleep-deprived, completely adult state, we're like, oh, my God, it worked. Like, so <laughs> we, we called some sort of weird shaman from the woods of northern Florida, and she came to a gas station, and she took our child, and she touched his head, and then magic happened, and now he's asleep in the car. Oh, my God, I have no idea what's going on. Um, and so over time, right, he goes do the same like crazy sleeps 45 minutes wakes up does, does crazy stuff right. and we call bunny again Ow. Oh God, call her again. and this time she meets us in tallahassee and apparently she has a friend in tallahassee okay and um her friend is supposed to be taken over when bunny goes on a cruise and we're like okay whatever man so in the room it is bunny and this other random person and us and they're talking about how like they're i guess from the same like 
I don't know, like hold babies awkwardly club or something. Like maybe they have a newsletter. Or I have no idea how the, these people are connected. Get on that newsletter mailing list. Right. I, I feel like there's probably a Craigslist or there's there's probably like a Google mailing list from like 1998 <laughs> that they're still on somehow. I have I have no freaking clue. But she's like, and, and so she's going to be taking over while I go on my cruise and stuff. You know, it's it's cool. Like we're we're gonna charge you double. I'm like, you better not, because 150. I could have got legal counsel against myself for 150 dollars and just like given the kid to a person who's capable of raising a child. This is like the third weird random person that you're letting do things. This is correct. This is oh yeah, Uh, it 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 gets pretty pretty strange. Um, and so uh, ultimately what happens, right, is this uh, this lady is even more intense than Bunny is. And she's oh, like, shit. oh, yeah, I, I sent some really dark energy and like this just weird shit. And we're like, uh, OK. And she's like, OK, so what is your ethnic background? And I'm like, I'm a white dude from Mississippi. God knows. Like, I don't know. It would take like a whole research team to tell you any of that. And she's like, okay, I think you're Irish. And I'm like, okay, like, I, whatever, man. It would and, explain the drinking. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, uh, there are things that fit. I have a red beard. It, and maybe I'm a pirate. I don't know. Like, I, I am not a biologist, ma'am. And so, um, so Sam it kind of meekly is like, I'm, I'm half Vietnamese. And we're like, okay, so anything that has anything to do with me, I was probably the aggressor in like whatever previous life you're talking about. And like, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of like deep shit over here. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Vietnamese. And we're like, what the hell is going on? Okay. That's whatever. It. Like that's your response. Yeah. Completely dismisses the whole thing. He's like, you know, there there's a lot of cellular memory issues with Ireland, and we're like, there are a lot of issues with Ireland, but I'm not sure cellular memory is one of them. Like, come on, man, what the hell is any of this? And so we go through this whole thing, and Cass screams the entire time, even more absurdly than the first time. Um, And the lady is like visibly distressed by all of this. And um, it finally gets to the end, you know, and we're like, okay, well, well, thank God that's over. All right. And maybe he'll sleep in the car home. And he does. He sleeps in the car home. And we actually find out later um, that she ended up not taking over for Bunny because Cass scared her so much. So, yeah, every time I think, you know, we joke, right? Like, oh, man, you know, Cass, he only sleeps for like 15 minutes of any given night. And sometimes he just wakes up cackling maniacally. And, you know, sometimes he draws weird pictures of, like, uh, things that look like images from the ring. And sometimes he, <laughs> like, tries to set the dog on fire. But the real kicker of all of it is he once scared this weird white witch from the woods of Florida off because he might be of Irish descent. I don't know. Like, maybe that's really the big thing. I knew that Cass had tongue and lip tie issues. That was where the knowledge of this story ended for me. So we we have been ashamed. Yeah, we have been ashamed of this. I, it's a real thing. Yeah, that was that was y'all hearing that for the first time, just like it was me hearing that for the first time. And I I have no words, Chris. The the public needs to know that there are white witches that can make your child uh, pass out from overexertion. 
in the car for about 45 minutes if you pay them $75. And if you no, want to get I'm in not, on this, know that. Uh, you could probably get on the Google mailing list and like take a, you know, take up a, a side hustle. Dude, I want no side hustle where I'm doing that to children. That's that will it. freak Jeff Bezos out. Oh, that man. sounds like a quick way to end up in prison. So you've mentioned it a couple times. I think one of the funnier places we can go with this, although it's hard to top that story, um, is while you and Sam have, have had, uh, not issues, it's not the right word, but, you know, you've had your struggles with Cass. Um, you know, not the, not the easiest child thus far in life. Um, but there's one member of your, your household that has been particularly um, traumatized by the entire oh, pass into the, the, the world. Oh, man. Okay, so for a very long time, um, me and Samantha were not on the same page with children at all. Um, and I think that this happens a lot um, because people like me are um, young and stupid and raised in a, an extremely conservative environment where there are these like very deeply entrenched familial sort of norms. And it, it almost becomes a way of gauging your success in life or like how old you should be. Right. And so when you get 27 and you haven't had a kid, you're like, Oh crap. Like what, what am I doing wrong? Like right. what, what horrible thing from Leviticus is going to come up and dick kick me now? I'm like, Oh God. And so that was in what book three of Leviticus? Yeah, it's it's in one of them. I I don't I don't know. Uh, I can't sword drill to it, but I'm sure that it's there. And we bought several things as a result of this, right? So we we bought a car, or I, I was allowed to buy my Mustang, largely sure. because I wanted a kid and I wouldn't shut the hell up. And my wife is extremely generous, um, and so I got to buy a Mustang because it's the the least family friendly car on the face of the earth. Absolutely. Just just not even tenable. Um, and the other thing we bought actually before the car is we bought Evie. Um, and Evie is uh, like miniature sort of designer dogs. Um, she was specifically bred to warm people's feet. Um, so anytime there's like a person that enters a room, um, Evie wants to be as far up that person's ass as physically possible. Wait, wait, was that really what she was bred for? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. So she, she okay, has, like, I wasn't sure if you were being serious or if that was yeah. A... That's that's what I've heard, right? But I'm not a dog okay. breeder, so yeah, maybe, maybe I have bad information. But she has like the tunneling instinct of a uh, Yorkie, and then she has the extreme fluffiness and like body temperature of a Shisu. So she's basically like a like a wadded up. Um, what are those uh, Snuggie? She's like a wadded up Snuggie that's that cool. like yeah just runs around and body checks people pretty much and you can body check someone at like five pounds except a new inhabitant of earth this is true and that is truly the problem so when Cass was you know like learning how to do rudimentary things like roll over sit up um focus on something for more than three seconds the dog was a hundred percent of the time completely up his ass because he can't get away like other people are walking around the room and evie's like oh man i'm gonna sleep on them feet and the feet move if she sees Cass and Cass can't move you can barely roll over she's like oh man it's a human but the human has no freaking clue what to do so she just like lays by him 
ladies on him. Just always around. Sort of like inquisitively just there. Just in your aura all the time. And I think that made him, as he became more mobile, right, he just got spiteful. And so eventually at a, at a point he was like, huh, you know what, um, not only can I stand up, I can also kick things now. Uh, oh, and uh, yesterday I learned how to powerbomb stuff. Oh, and how to jump off of things like couches. So um, booyah. And then your entire life goes from, okay, the dog's kind of annoying the kid. We should move the dog because the kid is whining to somehow like the kid is now doing full-fledged WCW, like sumo wrestling stuff with the dog. And the dog brain cannot keep up with what's happening. And so now it's like uh, is off. And now she has no idea what the hell is happening. She's like, oh, man, I used to be able to just saddle right up. And now if I saddle right up, I end up in another room upside down. And what is going on? And it's just not been great for her. She's not, not good. Yeah, that is Very sad. <laughs> Poor um, she follows him around because he drops food a lot. Um, and rightfully, we've kind of tried to teach him that maybe the five-second rule is you know maybe old school maybe she'd like eat the excess stuff that's already on his plate and so she gets to eat the stuff on the floor and then he does not believe in the redistribution of wealth at all and so he gets very angry about this sort of like mooching off the public kind of thing the dog does and it's very violent um and to make it worse actually i I don't kaz is not old enough to truly understand or have intent about anything he's basically still like He's like a wad of neurons that has feet. And you read or you watch all this stuff about like how Ted Bundy used to like do weird stuff to animals. And the whole time you're like, oh, God, please, son, don't powerbomb the dog. You're going to become a serial killer. This is how it starts. Everything. Like your whole life's shambles. This documentary, I know how this starts. Yeah, it is not good. It it ends in bad places where you're escaping prison multiple times. (laughs) But what you're saying is, and this this is news to me yet again, is that, that Evie kind of started this. I, I think Evie unwittingly started it. Okay. Yeah. It was kind of unwittingly, that's true. Her IQ is not real high. And uh, she's not one of these, like, Australian shepherds that people, like, teach to recite poetry or, like, play complex things on the piano. She, like, she literally just realizes, like, huh, feet maybe those are cold maybe i should make them not cold and that's like the extent of her skill set next thing you know razor's edge off the top rope yeah and next thing you know she's fighting ray mysterio for the like welterweight and like she has no idea what to do she ain't ready she's not ready so so we, we've been through the tongue tie we've been through the lip tie we've been through poor evie's new situation He's he's cast seems to from the the bits of cute video that I've seen on Facebook, and there is a cute video of our future uh, world dominator uh, cast. He seems to be taken to music here a bit lately. Yeah, so um, we enrolled him in daycare pretty early on. Yeah, um, and one of the things that the daycare had um, was a, a music teacher, like a music therapy dude. Um, and he like goes around to the classes and plays guitar or whatever. 
And Cass got really into this kind of thing, right? And so we've bought him like lots of musical toys and he like seems very interested in that. Um, and for a long time, um, we try not to like, I don't, maybe that's wrong. I, we, we basically just started playing music for him largely because he didn't sleep at night. And right. so when it got completely out of hand, I would just take him to the other room because he slept in our room for the first like year. I would just take him to the other room and like play some like really docile music and just try to chill him out. Um, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but that was like kind of a gateway drug to, um, seeing what Cass would do when you play different types of music. Um, and mostly it's just like shake his butt. Like that's like 89%. Um, for a long time, his favorite song was run for the Hills. Um, he would twerk, uh, to Iron Maiden. I don't know. Like it's a confusing thing to me, but maybe he's like, yeah, he's creating a new thing. Um, yeah, I, I, um, but what it ultimately ended up with, um, is a realization that he really, really loves rap music, um, a lot. And so for whatever reason, um, I think Mac Miller died. I think that, that was the, the impetus, but we played something from Mac Miller, like this is Mac Miller on Spotify because neither my wife nor I understood who the hell Mac Miller was because I'm like not at all connected to top 40s. And um, immediately Cass starts like throwing weird baby gang signs and like twerking again. And like we have the video and it's like, I I don't know. I I don't know how he learned to do these things, but he looked like he was in a, a music video for like Nelly or something right he's like backup dancing like this weird hand signal stuff and i was like oh okay like maybe they have a backup dancer for rap music club at the daycare yes yeah okay i'm about it um so yeah so um for a long time the the other thing about cast he hates water um he's only very recently uh, become not absolutely terrified of water so for months and months and months, he was on like this, I won't sit down in the bathtub. And if you try to make me, I will scream until the neighbors come. And again, the FBI gets involved. Um, nobody wants that. So what we would do is we would play uh, Mac Miller-ish style stuff. And he would actually dance in the bathtub long enough to actually wash him off. And then he would not realize what was happening because he was so engrossed in like top 40s beat music um, that he was completely oblivious to anything. Um, And then you could get him out of the tub and everybody was happy. I know angry neighbors. Um, And so Mac Miller made that possible. So thanks. Struggling parents out there, if you have a child that will not be still or pay attention or do what you need to do, maybe Mac Miller's the answer. Yeah, could, could very well be. Seems counterintuitive. Um, but it does. most it's, things it's are a little bit counterproductive, but I mean, if it gets results, that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, that's empiricism. So what are, before we close out, cause we are, like I said before, and I've said previously, we like to keep these uh, somewhat around 30 minutes or so, although we've had a couple episodes get closer to an hour. What are some, some last minute, uh, Chris Mills in particular, parenting tips oh, or tricks of the trade? Or even just a last anecdote you would like to leave us with about you and Cass. 
so um, there's this fad on Facebook where uh, parents post monthly photos of their yeah. children. And usually it's the mom and usually the mom posts like sort of doting things like my three, three month old can now compose his own music and also fought Mike Tyson for the heavyweight boxing championship and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that was cool. Right. And we decided to kind of do that. And we ended up um, trying to collaborate and my uh, contributions to that were often so absolutely absurd that my wife just made me do my own. Um, and so I think the, the first thing is that as an extremely progressive person, I was very hesitant to believe that you can experience having a child differently based on your sort of like position in a family. And I'm not entirely sure that it's gender based maybe it is to a degree I'm not entirely sure but I know for the first like eight weeks um Sam was the only rational person that lived at our house like it Cass was screaming and I was just depressed that Cass was screaming and we just walked around in this sort of like cloud of sadness and actually he screamed to the point that at night we actually watched the entirety of Gilmore Girls which is a lot of television um in the middle of the night because we would just watch the Gilmore Girls on mute um, while Cass did his thing. Like, how, how much sleep would you say you actually around. got during that period? Um, after I went back to work, um, I got at a, a, a night, maybe four hours, something like that. My, my wife would probably tell you something completely different. We, we swapped off, actually, and for a long right. time, he would only sleep if you uh, walked around with him. And so actually, if you cradled him in your arms and you walked around, he would stay asleep. The minute that you sat down, he would wake up and he would command you to walk again. And so we uh, actually joked for a long time. They were actually going to just wear a, a U around the bed uh, into the, the floor. Like people 50 years from now are going to come here and be like, why the hell is there a U etched in this floor? And somebody's going to have to be like, well, they had a kid. And then I guess the other person would understand if they had a kid. I don't know. Um, so... The, the, the first thing is that um, children are wonderful, but they're also terrible. And I think that that's kind of okay as long as no one dies. Um, that's, that's the marker for success. That's fair enough. I think that's a pretty um, good uh, marker for success. So yeah. To, to bring it kind of uh, full circle before we uh, kill it off for tonight, you, you told me that after we got back from Metallica, Cass did something he has never done before in his life. If you remember what this was. Oh, man, he's done a lot of things that he's never done before in his life since then. Particularly sleep-related. Oh, man. Yeah, is, I think he did sleep for, like, most of a night. I thought you said particularly he, like, put himself to bed. Oh, he did start doing that. Yeah, yeah. And he, he has actually uh, slept for an almost an entire night, um, like a couple of times since then. But yeah, so um, one of the things that we found extremely important, you started very early on, is this sort of like routine thing, um, because children are creatures of habit. Um, and if you have like five steps that you do, and you do the first four steps, the kid will almost like instinctively do the fifth one. 
so we made up this like extremely odd thing um <laughs> at, at the old house it was better because we had um these two target lamps you know like the nine dollar deals you put in your dorm yeah um and we named one Raquel and one Hakeem. I had to say night night to both of them every okay. night. Um, and so then after that, uh, you know, like uh, bath and you dress him, you read a book. And then after you read a book, you go to bed. And um, while we were at uh, Metallica, you know, like that, that last day of your driving back, um, the night before that, um, he had apparently realized like, oh, man, we read three books. I guess it's night night time. And then said, night, night, and just got in the bed and laid down. And he didn't put himself to sleep because my wife still had to be there, right? And, like, sort of pat him. But it was really, like, I'm I'm not going to lie. It wasn't, like, a suggestion. It was, like, you pick him up and you lay him there and you're, like, go to sleep. And then maybe he would go to bed. So, yeah, it it was the first, like, she didn't have to strong harm him into the bed. Right. Which was good. Which is a, it's a good first step. It's a good first it step is. in the road to sleep for real. Yes. And then hopefully what happens is he learns one day to sleep all the way through the night. I, I hear that this is a real thing. And it's happened. And so last, last night, he only woke up for an hour and a half. And I, I find that to be extremely helpful. Yeah, you and so a pretty big success. Yeah, absolutely. And that's happened several times since Metallica, so that's good. He slept through the night, I think, one time last July. So, I mean, maybe, maybe we'll get there. And if we don't, you know, like, maybe he'll be in his college dorm, and he'll wake up at 1.30 in the morning, and he'll call me on my cell phone, or my, like, future space phone, or whatever, and he'll be like, just your fold-out phone. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the one implanted in my brain, um, and I'll answer it and be like, oh, son, what's wrong? And he'll just abstractly scream to me, um, like that weird thing from uh, Encounters of the Fourth Kind, where it was just like screaming in some sort of biblical language. Um, Sumerian, that's it. Yeah, I'll answer the phone, and Cass will just be yelling at me in Sumerian, and I hope he doesn't have a college roommate, because that's going to be super fucking awkward. Um, you know, like guy comes back from his date at one thirty. He's like, "Oh man, we closed down the bar," and then Cass is sitting in his bed, upright, bawling, screaming in Sumerian into his phone. Like, that's gonna make for a story. Like, twenty years from now, somebody's gonna be doing a podcast about his roommate uh, that screamed <laughs> in ancient languages at one thirty in the morning to his dad. Whew, that's gonna be a weird one. I would it's watch gonna, it. It's gonna be a good one. I can't wait to to listen in in like twenty yeah. years. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. A little bit of uh, parenting 101 and experiences with uh, with Chris and Cass. I'm sure we will get updates to this routinely um, throughout young Cass's life. Um, but overall, a good episode. Thank you, as usual, Chris, for being quite the entertaining uh, guest. Uh, thank you for letting me ramble. I really appreciate it. No, anytime. I think it's great. And uh, we'll be back with you uh, next week, ladies and gents. See you later.